This is Queen Victoria. Welcome to Murder Lab, the podcast where I don't just discuss one serial killer, I discuss several serial killers and something they have in common. However, today, I actually have Igor with me back here in the lab. You're allowed to say hello now. Hi, lab rats. (laughs) So today, we're going to do something a little different. And as I had referenced in the previous episode, we are going to be discussing Hammer movies and then our experience with the Razzies. Igor and I enjoy watching horror movies and all types of different movies. And so she had gotten into Hammer horror movies from Hammer Productions. Mm -hmm. She would message me and tell me to watch one and blah, blah, blah. So she came up with the idea, we should just talk about some of the ones that we like or not not like. We should just go over some. So there are a lot of them. She narrowed it down to 15. She picked 15 that she wanted to talk about. And how we're going to do it is I'm going to let her take over. She'll talk about the movie. We're going to start with the ones that she thought the least about. And then we'll go to the ones that she liked the best. She will have one out of five Igors as the rating. Yes. And I will try to chime in with my queen, my crown ratings. One out of five crowns. We'll let her do her thing. I will interject at the end of each movie, and then we'll go through those, and then we'll talk about the Razzies. So I will go ahead and let Igor begin. Welcome again. It's good to be here. Well, let's move on to movies, shall we? So the first one I have on my list is The Worst, The Abominable Snowman, and the only comment that I put down is, show the goddamn Yeti already. I was disappointed. It's a uh, Cushing film. I gave it one out of five Igors, and I usually love Cushing, but I was disappointed, like I said, and I got emotional blue balls from waiting to see this <laughs> Blizzard Bigfoot, and I actually was like, that's it? I thought it, they would do better if they took Christopher Lee and made him the uh, snowman. I really can't completely forget, forgive Christopher Lee for that, not being in it, and Peter Cushing for... You know, being in it. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) like I was telling Queen V, it it wasn't really bad. It just was that disappointing for me. So that's why I gave it one out of five. I actually fell asleep while I was watching it, but sometimes I do that. (laughs) If I get sit down during a certain point in the day, sometimes I get a little dozy. But I thought it was kind of boring. I thought it was pretty slow. I understand that they were trying to build up the the human aspect of the challenges of weather and nature Mm -hmm. and, and how that inherently is. And it is funny because some of the people die just because of nature or like mm-hmm. one dude just has a like fucking heart attack yeah. and the other guy's like the yetis killed him and <laughs> peter Cushing's like dude he had a heart attack no the yetis killed him it was mm-hmm. the yetis like calm the fuck down and uh i liked the very first tease they had of the yeti you could just see his big paw like mm-hmm. in part of his arm and that actually was kind of cool yeah. that actually looked pretty good you could tell by the perspective that it was a big old huge paw now i am a fan of sometimes don't show it as much because mm-hmm. because the less you see, the more your imagination can build it up. So I do like sometimes when horror movies tease the monster and don't really show it or they only show a little bit of it or they show the full thing like once kind of fast. Right. Like I think a good one is The Ritual. I think in that one, yeah. they kind of tease it for a while and then they, they do show at it. But it's end. very yeah, At the very yeah. end. and Build it up so, to they, something. Right, but it is something. But yeah, so when they literally, they show just like... The, the top of the head come into the light so you can just basically see down to like under the mouth. And I swear to God, I was like, that is the old dude from Never Ending Story. I will have to post a picture <laughs> because it looks almost exactly like the old dude from Never Ending Story, just a little hairier. And yeah, it was completely anticlimactic. Yeah, and we got an old man Yeti. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it was just, so I think I would agree with you where it was just maybe, I would give it one crown. 
yeah. as well. Uh, the second one is The Man Who Could Cheat Death. And I didn't remember that Christopher Lee was in this, so that's how that's how much of an impact <laughs> you made on me. It also got one out of five Igors. And my response to the title is, uh, the man who could cheat death that he should have just died. The main character was over the top, and I like Nicolas Cage, okay? So that was pretty much it for me. I actually enjoyed this one more than Igor did. It's one that I remembered, and I remembered Christopher Lee was in. And the funny thing is, is he was what I remembered about the movie. I completely forgot about the lead guy mm -hmm. because um, I had watched it a while ago, and I was trying to remember what it was the other day. I can't remember why, but I just remembered Christopher Lee, and I was trying to look it up, and I couldn't figure it out. So then when I started to watch it, I was like, oh, shit, this is the movie that I was trying to remember. I did not remember that lead guy. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that to me, he was completely forgettable. Christopher Lee was a small part of the movie, but I remembered him. But it's, he has his tiny little mustache. And maybe that's, he's just so <laughs> dapper. It is ridiculous. I think that's part of why I like it, is that it is ridiculous. And the funny thing is, so it's a dude who has, um, he's been taking these, the, what, the hypothalamus? Is that the? Yeah. He takes it, has people. to take the hypothalamus out of people. Specifically, he takes them out of young women. And then that is prolonging his life. So he's like over 100 years old at this point. And he no, looks he, amazing. Yeah. But for some reason, when it starts to wear off, he becomes a jaundiced, wrinkly man with acid hands. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't know why all of a sudden it would affect his liver and he would get jaundiced. But then, like, he would touch people and it would be like he would be putting acid on them. I don't understand. Of course, none of it really makes that much sense anyway. So I guess we should just roll with it. It's just I feel like to suspend disbelief, that just felt weird. I still think it was kind of fun. There's a moment where they show he puts his lover... He locks her up, and she finds another of his victims in there where she's basically... A in the big, basement. Yeah, yeah, she's locked in the basement, and she's basically like a big old dummy because he's... I, I'm assuming it means that he took her hypothet. I don't know. It was weird because she didn't speak, and she seemed simple. So I wasn't sure what that was implying. I can't remember that, but I know what you're yeah, talking about. But the funny thing is, is so they were trying to make the makeup look like he had burnt her face with his hands, but it just looked like she had a really bad case of the herps. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> they, like, which, which is that's why she was locked one away. One of the reasons I love Hammer so much is because of the ridiculousness. But if I say something's ridiculous and it does, it's not yeah. by me laughing or smiling, yeah. then it's just, I can't. So you gave it one out of five Igors. I think I would actually give it like maybe two crowns. So okay. because I thought the it was mustache. there was something, the mustache, not that there was something endearing about it. I wanted to say where I found these. So the first one, Abominable Snowman, I had a hard time finding even to pay for on Prime. It wasn't available. That's my usually my go-to. I wound up finding it on Fossum for free. The only problem is, at first, when I started watching it, there was one commercial. And I was like, sweet, only one commercial, because usually there's like two or maybe three. By the time the movie was over, there were five commercials. So it got to be a little meh. But I wanted to see the movie again because I hadn't seen it for a long time. So just a warning, if you want to watch it, you may have to watch Fossum and some commercials. And then on The Man Who Could Cheat Death was I found on Tubi. And that's another one that has some commercials. But I don't feel like they're quite as bad with the commercials. They're I think not... it's it's somewhat bearable. Yeah. So I found that one on Tubi. All right. And they, my uh, third film that sucked, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. Now, this had to be nice, D-rated effects. And that now Pete Cushing is in this. I call him Pete because we're real close. The effects were so bad. It's He's always amazing. He brings a lot of class, I think, like Christopher Lee does too. But they, the monster... You just, and I can, and I can uh, appreciate to an extent the DFX, but it's still DFX and just the acting couldn't get over the, the overall feel of that. And I think that was the one with the, uh, wasn't it the warden was a perv? 
Yes. Yeah. And that that kind of ruined it for me, too. But I gave it two out of five for Igor's. I am the complete opposite. I There is something about this movie that I just love. And I would give it five just because I have a personal... What? I don't know. I love it. And I can't... I Even when I went back and watched it again, I love it. I, there's what is something it? about... Um, what is it about the movie that... I just think it's compelling and even... Okay, so let me tell you a a quick thing is I had not heard of this movie. And then Todd and some of his people when he was working at GameSwap, they mentioned Fuzzy or Furry Frankenstein or Fuzzy Mm. Frankenstein. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? What fuzzy... Who made Frankenstein fuzzy? And that's when they were like, oh, there's this Hammer movie. And they, for some reason, they make him super hairy. And I'm like, what the hell? They actually showed the movie at a theater because they do these um, horror movie marathons. Mm -hmm. And they showed it. And I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous, but I love it. And even as ridiculous as the Frankenstein was and how fuzzy he was, because I think they were trying to get it like the ape-like quality. The the man that they, the body, whose body they took, the criminal, he had... He had like lots of become like a beast. They were trying to say that he had devolved, de evolved right. so much, I guess, is that he became more ape like, and right. that's how he killed people. Is, and that, I guess, that's where that apart. aggression, yeah. I get after seeing it, what they were going for. I agree, the effects, I mean, the makeup's usually never great, and these sometimes huh. they, they're okay, but I can appreciate but, that, yeah. But, but there is just something that I think it has. It's interesting, and I think there's something about, like, there's a violinist, and he's taking, he takes the hands from the violinist. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's very poignant, is to take the, you know, um, so I don't, I don't know. There's something about it that I just, I like. And I don't know, maybe, maybe five is strong, maybe it's four, but there's okay. this, I just have a senti- sentimental gut reaction where I just, Go I ahead. like the movie. And I don't know. And I'm like you, I love Peter Cushing. It's, um, I realized that as a kid, because I was like three when... The second Star Wars movie Empire. came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I remember Gr- Grand Moff Tarkin always stood out to me. And he was the the Grand Moff that I remember. Like, I didn't remember any of the other mm-hmm. characters, but he stood out to me. And and plus, I guess the name Tarkin is kind of stands he's out. He's very distinct. But, but yeah. And and he's not in the movie that long. Mm-mm. And I was a fucking kid. Yeah. But but growing up, before I even saw him in Hammer Horror, I was there was he in the back of my head. And then when I started seeing him and stuff, I was like, oh, my God, he's fucking amazing. And so I always I do have this little special place in my heart. And I'm the opposite, whereas I grew up with the Star Wars, so that by the time he came on, he he was striking to me because he came across so evil, mm-hmm. but even then classy, I gotta tell you. Well, yeah. Pushing. I mean, he, he could actually calm Darth Vader down and no one else could. Hello. I mean. And, but for me, it was, I only, when I was starting to get into the Hammer uh, films and was looking up, like, his discography and things like that, that I remembered he was, I'm like, oh, that's right, he's in Star Wars. Hey, you know, uh, you know, hey, honey, did you know that he's like, yeah, I, I knew that. I'm like, huh, yeah, because he wasn't a major character oh, gotcha. to me. So, yeah. yeah. And then just a side note on that one is you can find that available on Prime and it, it tends to be free on Prime. Mm-hmm. So that one's a pretty common one to be able to find. The next one, uh, my stinky poo, is The Revenge of Frankenstein. Now, this has Cushing in it. And this time he's uh, hiding his identity, in quotes, uh, because he's using the name Victor Stein. Yeah. And he's hanging out in the psychiatric ward, and he's pretty much doing whatever he deems necessary to these poor souls. It was it was all right. It's worth it just to see the face of the guy that was on the recent receiving end of the Abbey Normal brain. And he looks like he's given the ultimate stink eye. So you just, even if you don't know what I'm talking about, any picture that you look up in Google Images or when you Google this or Bing this or whatever, it will show the face because it's so, it's almost iconic because it's so menacing funny. 
So I gave it a two out of five Igors. Now this one, I also had made a note about how it was hilarious that he's trying to go by Victor Stein (laughs) and distance himself from, you know, Victor von Frankenstein or whatever, you know, and then he goes by Dr. Frank. Yeah. Like no one's gonna, and I'm gonna preface this real fast because when I was watching the movies, I happened to watch Curse of Frankenstein first and then I watched Revenge of Frankenstein and it just so happens that's the order they were made in. Mm. And we're gonna talk about Curse of Frankenstein later. So at the end of that, spoiler alert, for what 70 years 60 years something something like that so because i think it came out in like 57 or 58 at the end of curse he is caught and they have him in prison and they're going to kill him at the beginning of revenge of Mm -hmm. frankenstein they show him go to the guillotine and they show the guillotine fall well then they cut to him pretending to be victor victor stein Stein, yeah in another country and then they never tell you how he how he they just escaped yeah Yeah. so and there's kind of like a moment i think at the guillotine where somebody kind of like nudge nudge wink wink to somebody else but i don't know how you fake a beheading like i'm not sure they didn't really explain explain that but but that's kind of why he's hiding is that's what but the name victor von frankenstein was fucking everywhere so he chose you know so that's kind of but i wonder if part of that too is they wanted storytelling wise they wanted to make it clear to the audience, mm-hmm. this is the same guy and not make it too confusing. Let's keep it close to the, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely not as sophisticated. I think this one, I might be like you where I think it's like maybe two crowns. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was funny that his assistant, which I don't, can't remember his real name because I kept thinking it was Igor because it was his assistant where he had the hump and yeah. he would kind of. I did and too. The lamp. It was some like um, D- Dimitri or Alex. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I gotcha. And uh, so... He's got this limp and stuff, so they put his brain in a new body. So once the brain's in the new body, he's he's fine. He walks fine. Then all of a sudden, something triggers him, and he's got the hump again. Yeah, and he starts limping. And I'm like, what the fuck does that does that imply? His hump is psychosomatic. What saying? I think the whole thing <laughs> to that was the fact that he was saying that once you have this new body, you're whole again. And instead, his old because the brain was connected to the body, his brain was taking over, making converting the body. Huh. Because if you notice, like you said, he yeah, because he had like one his right side or something. Yeah, was paralyzed even though he still oh, yeah, and he kept so as it as the movie went on and as he turned more and more into the monster yeah. he became more he started to walk yeah. less straight you. well and, and then he certainly did have a fucking hump like you could see the hump completely by the... and then yeah. he was completely so that was kind of a weird like i don't know that was kind of a weird thing but it was kind of amusing i liked that there's a scene at the end when everybody knows that he's frankenstein and all of his patients which of course you have crammed into one room yes and they all are like staring at him and they start like throwing shit at him and there's one guy who's literally like rubbing his chest like he's getting off on it yes. and he's looking at like yeah yeah get that bitch and yes. you know i mean literally he's rubbing his chest and then there's like he, he's all but like you know rubbing his hands like a maniacal and he's totally getting off on them because it attacking was, it was like a, a cross between a psychiatric <laughs> hospital and a prison yeah. ward like it yeah. was but yet you would have people in the room that look just were sick you know, just right. me- medically, with yeah. medical issues or whatever. So, yeah, and then there's this dude over there rubbing himself. Which, now that I think about it more, it was kind of fun. I might I might give that three. But I don't know. It's, <laughs> the, it's, rubbing, just, it's, it's the rubbing it. makes it, that always makes things better for me. <laughs> that one I got on Amazon. I paid three ninety nine for it. And I'll go more into this pricing thing and stuff as we go. Twins of Evil. My big gripe with this is there was not enough Cushing in it. But... We do have double the breasticles because it's about twins. Uh, one is a vamp and one is good. Not the boobs, but the twins. They have the so, same boobs basically because they're twins. Completely. Like I said, it was good. It was fun. 
but I, I wish there was more cushing in it. But it was still good. I gave it a three out of five Igors. That one I thought was was pretty good. I think I'd probably give it a three as well. I agree that Cushing isn't in it as much as I would have liked. Although he's he's good at being a fuddy duddy. Mm-hmm. What's amazing to me about Cushing is there are movies like it's not a Hammer movie, but it's, it's very similar. It's called The Skull, and he's a very sympathetic character. So it's interesting to see him be able to be this hard ass and be this guy who kills people for their parts as Frankenstein. Or like in this where he's a religious zealot. Although I'd say that in some levels he's a little sympathetic in this one towards the end. You can mm-hmm. kind of see his his conflict in the in it. Yeah. But I would have liked to see more of him. I did think it was funny that the main bad guy, I thought he looked like Jimmy Fallon with a really big head. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Think, oh, but yeah. as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, my God. It's like, it's I don't know. So that was kind of funny. It was hard for me to take him completely. I mean, it might have been anyway. Right. But um, it was hard to take him completely seriously. But that was kind of fun. And I also thought there were moments that the twins looked like Carrie Fisher from Return of the Jedi before the uh, Ewoks braid her hair. I can kind of see that. You know, yeah. they, they have a very similar, that soft, those big brown eyes, that soft, delicate look. But I do think... It is interesting they made, it's called Twins of Evil, but the thing is, only one wound up being evil. The other daughter was, the other That's twin was I, good. But I understand that there was the titular line that Peter Cushing said is, they brought me Twins of Evil, because he thought they were both evil. I thought it was it was a pretty fun fun one to watch. When I went back and watched it again, I still enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. And I like how they bring in the whole, should we just be burning people because we think they're witches? Like, mm-hmm. who gives you that ultimately authority, and what if you're wrong? And right. I thought that was kind of an interesting aspect that is one that you can watch on amazon prime for free uh the next one number six mustang six the curse of the werewolf now this has oliver reed and if you guys are familiar with oliver reed you know that he's known for being classically a classic alcoholic especially as he got older and in this movie he's a sober lycanthrope but he does work at a winery which I thought was funny. I gave this a three. Overall, I thought it worked really well. No Pete Cushing, no Christopher Lee, but Oliver Reed. I mean, he's a pretty powerful presence. So I enjoyed it. I was conflicted about it. I don't know if I I fluctuate between a two and a three just because there was something. I like werewolf stuff, and I thought it was interesting. I don't know. For some reason, there was something about that was kind of lacking. I was really into the beginning when you had the idea that this was a young werewolf, and somebody like somebody thought they shot the wolf and then it come, the little boy winds up being shot in the leg. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an interesting to set up the as a kid as a werewolf. What I thought was really interesting is how they say he came to be a werewolf. So traditionally a werewolf attacks you or bites you and that's how you become a werewolf. In this one, his mom was raped and she wound up mm-hmm. having the baby on December 25th. And the idea is if there's an unwanted child that was born on Christ's birthday, it's a mockery, and they're cursed. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't, they're not specific about what the curse is, but it turns out that the kid turns into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And the thing that will keep his werewolfism in check? Love. love. If his parents love him, then he won't become a werewolf. So he grows up, and then he goes off, like, I, I assumed he was going to, like, another town, like, miles away, mm-hmm. or going to another country or something, but he was going, like, a town over. Yeah. He was just a town over, out of town for, like, two days or something, and immediately starts turning into a werewolf. Because he was away from his parents' love for like two days, yeah. I was like, "Jesus!" It's what almost the hell? like to me, it was almost it's... like a an extension or a parable, almost of a of addiction. If you think hmm. about it, he's away oh. from his family for the first time. He's he sees the winery owner's daughter. He likes oh, yeah. temptations. There's oh. alcohol there. It yeah. doesn't show him really drinking. It does yeah. show him go out dancing and stuff. Yeah, but and so... he immediately kills someone. 
he immediately kills one so, of the women. So I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting. I didn't think of that. I was just thinking as far as like werewolf lore, how ridiculous it seems compared to traditional werewolf lore. Yeah. But that Different was, that, but it is, yeah, it is an interesting take. Hot take. Hot take. I did notice that the dude who raped his mom was pretty hairy. And I wondered, like, when I first saw the dude, I'm like, he's pretty hairy. Does that mean something? But I think that was just incidental. I think maybe no, the guy was, it was just supposed hairy. to be because the hair, the hair arm, and the yeah. And at first, I made a comment that the his palms were real hairy, so he must be doing a certain thing. But he was in the he was in jail. He was a prisoner in jail. Okay, yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe that's another thing is maybe he and it he, was in his jeans because his had, dad was and yeah, and they had the the traditional three iron bar window mm. in the jail. Mm. And the and the not the sun but the moon would come and hmm. yeah so maybe they were implying that his dad was a werewolf and that's another that's what or why he's he a was cursed tragic or, masturbator yeah which when he was in the show as a as a kid that just got shot he's probably like seven and they show his hairy palms I was like whoa real young <laughs> yeah like starting early so you give that one a three you think but yeah I think I'll give that one a three and that one I was able to watch for three ninety nine on Amazon. And we go on to number seven, Vampire Circus. Now, this is a 70s trippy take on a town being quarantined for an unknown virus that's killing its residents. This may seem to hit close to home, but it actually doesn't because they are treated to a band of circus performers to take their mind off of it all. And of course, they come in, they are vampires, hopefully that didn't give it away, and they kill everybody. I gave this a three out of five. It was trippy, that is a very important word to keep in mind, and to being subjected to this odd interpretive dance as the dancers are painted as circus animals. One of those things where I was kind of stunned, but I don't know, I, I kind of still liked it. It was, it was very 70s, what can you say? That's my take on it. That one, the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, meh. It didn't really do anything for me. So I think at that point, I would have given it like a two. When I rewatched it to refresh my memory, I liked it a little bit better. I think the hardest thing for me is right at the beginning when they show the lead vampire, I could not stand to look at him. I think he looked ridiculous. Mm -hmm. His pants were really high. There's something about his face. I just did not like him. There was no little mustache and for you. There was no little mustache. No, he did not no have Christopher Lee in him at mm. all. And... Then when he goes to reveal his vampire teeth, he makes this really goofy. It was like he was it having was. a hard time. The, the fangs were so fucking big. It was really He was good. having trouble peeling his lip back. From it was the, really fun it was to really watch. Awkward. Really fun so to watch. So I was watch. like, oh, God, I don't know. So thankfully, he's not in most of the movie. So that mm -hmm. helped me. There's specifically a part where there's a woman who's supposed to be a tiger, but she's a naked, she's a naked lady painted like a tiger, but she's green. There's like orange on the sides, but she's mostly green. I don't know. I think that they have... A little clear plastic like cling wrap mm -hmm. um, in her pubic area, but she like opens her legs a couple times. Yeah, which I was like, oh, this is and and they're performing in front of children too, so this is must be very risque. But everyone's but, mesmerized. Yeah, I mean, and, it's like it's almost like they're using that to hypnotize people. Right, and because you would think that, especially in a, I don't know, they'd be more puritanical, so you would expect the mothers to be like covering the children, but they are. They're watching, and mm -hmm. and they're not. Otherwise, you would they must be mesmerized because normally they would not tolerate that. I think what was kind of interesting, it wasn't your traditional vampires. They mm -hmm. they morphed into different animals. So there's a dude who was a panther. He was a panther vampire. A and there was a leopard. And yeah. So they actually weren't just vampires. Instead of just morphing into bats, they'd morph into death. And some of the cuts that they did, like there's a scene where he, the panther guy is walking up the steps and you see his feet. And then all of a sudden you see the tiger tail. Yeah. So some of the transitions are really good. Mm -hmm. And some of the shots are pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, there's like a weird green screen when like there'd be like a bird flapping where like his 
part of his wing would disappear. Right. But so I would say that the effects were a little bit better than I would expect. So that gave me for some a hammer respect film. For, for a hammer. Yeah. yeah. So I think overall it was better than I remembered. I did think the Burgermeister of the town looked like the guy who was in Wizard of Oz at the door yes, that says you can't we, come to. I meant to look thing. up to see yes. if he if it was actually him, but he reminded me a lot of him. And a Hammer movie is not complete without a Burgermeister. That's oh. usually one of the yeah. first things that I'm asked by oh. my significant other. Is, is there a Burgermeister <laughs> burger in this one? Yeah, and I, but I will say Hammer films, though, they are good overall at making really good elaborate sets. I mean, you can yeah. tell they don't skimp. It's just that sometimes the effects aren't as good. Like, you can tell there is definitely still an exploitative, cheap aspect to them. Mm -hmm. But they do have, I think what's endearing is they do try. They are trying to make a genuine product. And the know. acting, I feel, is overall pretty good. Even yeah, if overall, it's yeah. even Because it's never really completely over the top, or maybe that's why I like it. But um, yeah. I don't know. I thought the, the acting seemed to be pretty solid. I agree. Number eight, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. So this one is kind of like a take on King Kong in a way, where, where you have the old trope of the American businessman maintains his narcissistic a-hole stereotype by taking a making a gaudy club feature out of the tomb of an undead mummy. So switch King Kong with a mummy. And obviously the mummy's a lot smaller. I did feel bad for the weak dude in the love triangle because he, he knew that his fiance was falling for the bad guy and he didn't do anything about it, but... Hammer is not known for their leading men to be really manly. See any Hammer fight ever. <laughs> I love the Hammer fights. They are like smacking each other. <laughs> like, uh, what do the kids used to call it? Smack boxing? Oh. Slap boxing. There we mm, go. Slap um, fights. But I still, I still enjoyed it. I gave it three out of five Igors. I didn't watch that one because it was going to cost me money and I only wanted to spend so much money on it. And because I, I spent money on some of the other ones and I didn't want to end up spending like 50 bucks trying to watch these for this. I want to, I would like to see it. I also tried to do the thing where I tried to look up box sets or look up collections because I figured, well, I'd, I'm okay with spending 20 bucks on like six movies or so, you know, and then owning it. But to spend $4 just to rent it. The only problem is, is it's really hard to find collections that have these movies on them. I found out today it's because here in the States that the rights are owned by so many different people. So you'd have uh, to get them to agree to put them on a collection. That makes sense. So that's why you can find like a, a and most, I found two 20 movie Hammer Horror, but like the ones that I want to watch weren't on it. Yeah. And they're still like 30 or 40 or more mm -hmm. bucks. And sometimes there might not even be in the right region because they're from England. Gotcha. And sometimes, you know, it works and sometimes it doesn't. So that's another thing you have to watch for. But that was that was disappointing is I was hoping I could get collections of things and then mm -hmm. I just own them and I'd be able to watch them. But that was difficult to do. So for some of them, I was willing to spend some money and others I wasn't. So that is my long way of saying I didn't watch A Curse of the Mummies too. So I'm not going to tell you what I thought about it. Speaking of the mummy, that was one I did purchase. It was only five bucks to purchase. It's like two bucks to rent. So I went ahead yeah. and purchased it for five bucks on prime yeah and it's a good thing because this one i gave a four out of five igors because cushing was at his best he smoked so much in this one <laughs> i almost wanted a cigarette and i'm allergic and i was thinking it needed to be sponsored by springfield's laramie cigarettes the mummy was christopher lee in this so you know it was quality work like i said four out of five igors this one i rented I didn't buy it. I rented. I didn't pay attention to if it was five ninety nine. I didn't mm -hmm. notice that because I was like, I'll just, I'll just rent it. Because part of my thing, real fast, is I try not to. I'm trying to limit how often I buy movies on streaming because sometimes they lose the rights, and then that means I'll lose access to it. So then I've spent money on something, and I oh, I didn't think yeah. of that. 
Yeah, so Todd and I try to be careful. There's only like a handful of ones we've actually bought on streaming because hmm. we're worried that if they lose the licensing, we'll lose them. Then we basically lost our money. Interesting. So at any rate, I'm sure that you'll still be okay if you lose that $5 if they lose the rights for it. So I don't know. It's Pete Cushing. <laughs> oh, that's true. So The Mummy, I did watch. Like I said, I spent $3.99 on Amazon. One thing that confused me is they would shoot The Mummy sometimes and it seemed like it didn't affect him. But unless I lost focus at the end, it looked like the way they killed him is they just shot him a lot. Did I miss something? You know what? I don't remember how they killed him. <laughs> I just remember, him. like, they started to shoot him a lot, and then it seemed like the movie was over. And I was like, oh. You know, was it a special bullet or something? Maybe that's I what it was. Maybe it I was missed like, that. I don't think it was a silver bullet, but maybe I, maybe it was, and that's what made it so much better and ridiculous for me. So, yeah, but that, I think it was a special okay. bullet. So that may be that I just wasn't paying close enough attention. But that one, I'm not quite as into mummy movies. But Christopher Lee, of course, is great. Mm -hmm. And when they show him just as like Christopher Lee, like without the makeup and stuff, that was interesting to see the whole background of. I do think Egyptian lore is interesting, though, mm -hmm. in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, I would say, I'd, I guess I'd give it three or four out of uh, crowns. Uh, number 10, Countess Dracula. Now, this is another 70, most of these are 70s film, but this is a set 1971 film about Countess Bathory. I refer to her as the blood bitch. She's got to bathe in the plasma of virgins to look young again. And she has the help of this duke who is addicted to her, her moo-moo and her manipulations. I gave it a four out of five. It's got a lot more plot than that. Um, she plays that when she's young, she's pretending she's her daughter. So one of the new stable boys or stable dude there, he falls for her. But yet it's really the, the old bitch. It just, I don't know. I liked it. Four out of five. Yeah, you threw me off when I saw your muumuu. I'm like, does she wear a muumuu? <laughs> so I understand now what you mean. It's like her juju, her joie de vivre. Her whatever. southern yes, her, her mommy town. Okay. <laughs> this one I really like too, and I remember enjoying it the first time I watched it. So again, some of these, this one is free on Prime, so I watched it again to refresh. She is a babe. I will. I think she looks kind of like Scarlett Johansson, the the Countess Bathory. Yeah, I think a little bit. She's got a vibe going. Have to look at her. She's got a really uh, and she's got a great that. body. They put her in this blue robe that like teases everything, and she looks beautiful. So they do a great job of showing her beauty and her selfishness and the way she ma manipulates the Duke. And everything is about don't you want me to be happy? So she's led this guy on. Like they've been having an affair for years, years. and years and years, like decades. And her husband, the king, finally dies. So the the duke is like, hey, I'm now I've got you for myself. I see. I but don't, she I don't really to, see it. I don't know. For some reason, she reminds me I of gotcha. her. Maybe it's just the vibe. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Oh wait, I, hold on. The picture the, here, I see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think there, that there's that a one. there's a vibe to it. So she's leading this guy on, and then she dis discovers that blood makes her look young so when she looks young again she starts fucking this younger guy and she's expecting her older lover to help her so it is interesting to see how she's able to manipulate and the things that she the lengths that she'll go to to try to look young and beautiful and what you know what all that means so i agree i really like that movie that is i, I think it's probably one of my favorites nice number 11 the curse of frankenstein this is another with uh cushing and lee together cushing is dr frankenstein and lee is the Frankenstein monster. And I don't really have a summary here other than it's four out of five. I mean, it's Cushing and Lee. <laughs> well, Just I can, watch it. I can, I can talk about the... the Sweet, okay. Yeah, I have. I, I took notes to help me remember because when you look at all these and you just see Frankenstein, 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 Dracula, Dracula, mm -hmm. sometimes the, the, the name of the movie doesn't jog things, so I was taking a little bit of notes so right. I'd be able to tell them apart. So Curse of Frankenstein comes before Revenge of Frankenstein, and this shows Victor von Frankenstein growing up this, with his mentor, and they have the same kind of goals 
But then as Victor gets older, he starts, his goals start to diverge and he wants to start getting into the, the dirty science with body snatching and stuff. Well, his fiance shows up and like they haven't seen each other since they were kids, but it's one of those things where they were betrothed to each other as children. So now she's coming back as an adult ready to marry him. And his, his cousin or something. It's something yeah, it's weird his, like Yeah, it's that. his cousin. Yeah. But back then, you know, that was okay. Ooh. Paul is his mentor. And Paul's like, you need to get the fuck out of here. You don't know him. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm staying. And then he's like, well, I'm going to stay. Because he wanted to leave and get the fuck out. But he wanted to protect her. He kills this guy to make, you know, the typical Frankenstein monster. And the makeup is terrible. It, and it's Christopher Lee. And it sucks that the but makeup is so, so bad. But it's, yeah, it's not great makeup. So then, you know, it kind of goes the way you would expect it to go. What is interesting is to see Cushing and at first you thought he was just like a cad because he was fucking the maid mm-hmm. and then his fiance shows up and he's not telling the maid oh I'm gonna marry her at first mm. he's like no you just need to take care of her she's my cousin just wait on her and she's like well, when are you gonna marry me he's like oh well you know calm down hold on let's just you know take it a step at a time and then when she realizes that he's gonna marry his cousin then she's like what the fuck and he's just like he laughs at her and you realize oh he's just a big asshole she tries to tell she tries to um, turn the tables and say I'm gonna tell and he's like and I'm pregnant yeah she pulls who do you I think got a you're gonna, yeah who do you think you're gonna believe you're of one stage I'm a this day. I'm Pete fucking Cushing. Yeah, and then he had the Frankenstein monster killer. I mean, not that I thought Frankenstein was probably this upright guy completely anyway, because he obviously had moral gray areas with mm, the whole Frankenstein thing. Say. But it was just interesting to see the woman thing devolve like that. And mm-hmm. he's just really good at being an insulting asshole. He's just good. Yeah, he's just good. Pete Cushing. PC. So I, that's another one. I, I did enjoy that one, but mostly because of Peter Cushing. What did you say you gave it? Oh, did, I did. Did you give it four out of five, or um, what did you give it? Yeah, I'll say three or four. I'm okay. going to be, I'm, I'm a queen. I'm allowed to be ambiguous. Okay. Uh, number 12, Brides of Dracula. Now, Cushing is Van Helsing. And I think he's been Van Helsing in a couple of movies. But this one, it starts in this big Victorian mansion, of course. A shackled, grown-ass son in, in this castle. And there's this hilarious scene at the very end where I've never seen this or heard this before, but Peter Cushing gets bitten and he miraculously decides to cauterize the vampire bite and that way he's not a vampire. I loved that. It was ridiculous and fun. So I gave it a four out of five due to the out-of-box thinking. This one, I, I'm sure that I've seen it because that sounds really familiar, but I think it's been a while and I don't remember any other details because again, as much as I may like some of these movies, sometimes mm-hmm. they run together because right. there are so many, especially since they have the same kind of cast in them, a lot right. of them. So I don't really remember that one, but I feel like I probably would have enjoyed it. I'm not going to rate it, but I will tell you it's $3.99 on Amazon if you want to rent it. Nice. And number 13. Now this, we're getting to the ones that I really liked. These next three that I'm going to talk about are all rated five out of five Igors, but Plague of the Zombies is probably, I'm going to say, my favorite, and it doesn't have Cushing in it, and that's saying something. And the title pretty much explains a storyline. There's a doctor. He's Mr. Scientific. There's people dying in the town, and then you see him again, and they don't believe you, and so then he comes, comes around and realizes, hey, there are vampires, but... It's really good, and like I said, it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, but I also really like The Mummy. What do you think? I was not able to see it because I couldn't fucking find it. It teased me on Amazon. You type it in, and it pulled up, and then it said this video isn't currently available. Oh. And I tried to find it on streaming services, and I was having trouble. I tried YouTube. See, I, find, I thought that's where I found it. I don't it. know. I, hmm. I was having trouble finding it, so I'm kind of pissed because I really wanted to see that one. So I'll have to see if I can find it somewhere. If you guys end up finding it streaming somewhere, even if I have to rent it, I would like to see that one. 
Number 14. We're Sorry. getting down. I'm going to interrupt real fast. Yeah. I had a remembrance. I remembered something <laughs> from Vampire Circus. Okay. There was a moment where there's a little guy, and he's painted like a clown. Mm-hmm. A so there's person. a scene, a little she, person. She means a little person, an actual, not a... Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I was. They keep calling him a dwarf in the movie, and I know that's not PC. Yeah. So that's what popped in my brain. I was trying to... Yeah, and he's a badass. Yeah. And, and that's mean. the thing is, is, so he's taking these people through the woods, because the woods, they're, since they're quarantined, mm-hmm. this couple was trying to... These three people were trying to get out of the woods, so they said, we'll take money and we'll get you out of the woods. They pay him, he runs off, and then he just lays there and looks up, and the look on his face... Is fucking creepy yes. as shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you he you see the guy transfer into a panther. Mm-hmm. And as they're screaming, he just lay he just this look on his face. Yes. Very it is, evil. Yeah, it really was that part was actually very pretty fucking creepy. Yeah. yeah. So that part I was like, oh shit. Like that's actually kinda kinda creepy. Sorry, you can go ahead now. Frankenstein must be destroyed, number fourteen. This again has good old Pete Cushing in it as the ever saucy, this time rapey, Doc Frankenstein. Now Ugh, to see him pawing at some mm-hmm. girl doing that, I just, Ugh. it almost knocked it down to a four for me, but I can't, ugh, despite that, I I do give it a five because it, it was, because he did need to be destroyed and he was destroyed. Plus, it had a different type of uh, monster where Frankenstein was the monster. He was his own creation of evil and so he has a little take on that, and I'm, that's all I'm going to say. I'll have you watch it so you can understand who was supposed to stand in or symbolize the traditional well, person as the monster. But I'm going to talk about it. Oh, so go, I'm not doing any spoilers. So you gave it five, right? My first note was Cushing is so great at being insulting. Like I said earlier, he's great at being the cat or the wonderful. So there's a moment where where <laughs> he's sitting in this like common room with these yeah, with these men. It looks like a library, yeah. Yeah, and so he's sitting there taking notes and they're they're four guys having a conversation and they're talking <laughs> about oh, oh Frankenstein just Dr. Frankenstein's terrible and he's awful. And of course at this point he's I don't think people he's know. In he's, he's in a different country. He's in a different country. They don't know that that's him. Yeah. Um they're going on oh and uh, you know I can't believe this and he should be killed and blah blah. He's immoral and Yeah, and so then Cushing turns around and he's like, "Oh, I didn't realize that you guys were doctors." And they're like, no, we're not, we're not doctors. And he goes, oh, because I thought you knew what you were talking about. It was, and he goes on from there, <laughs> like, and it's catty like, little bitch. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> so that was, uh, I enjoyed that cattiness. And basically, I would say the overall gist of the movie is he's just putting brains in different people. I started to lose track of where we were and whose brain was in what body. Yeah. And I actually started to get a little confused. I think I would rate this as a four. You know, I think it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Peter Cushing, like I said, just seeing him do his thing is always He's enjoyable. always good. This one is $1.99 on Amazon. My 15th, which is my best, or the top three, I guess, since they're all fives, Horror of Dracula. Now, this has Christopher Lee in it, and I have here The Boys Are Back Together, so it must have Pete Cushing in it, too. The Boys Are Back Together is Dracula and Van Helsing. And candlestick crosses. <laughs> Can't go wrong with the candlestick it's crosses. It's just, it's at the end of the movie, it's just, yeah, it's just dramatic because they're not tiny. I'm not talking about little tiny. No. Ca- these are big gothic. Kill, yeah, you Big gothic. Someone. And it's just, that's all, I mean, um, so the boys were back and I love him as Van Helsing. I just love Cushing anyway, but Van Helsing, I, I mm. too think he's really fun. This one I thought was super interesting because if you compare it to traditional to Bram well it's to Bram Stoker's Dracula because this is very this is pulling from Bram Stoker's Dracula Mm -hmm. so right off the bat the first thing I noticed is they start with you know Jonathan Harker going to Dracula's house and in the book 
he is coming to um, like as a real estate kind of guy where he's he's having him side deeds to mm -hmm. get that place. Well, he says, I'm the new librarian. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> when did Jonathan Harker become a librarian? Okay. And then he says he's engaged to Lucy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, what was wrong with Mina? Because it was Mina in the book. They made Mina and sister-in-law Arthur. They made, yeah, they're sister-in-laws. So Arthur is Lucy's brother and Arthur's married to Mina. Mm -hmm. And their last name's Hallwood. So I don't know. I just thought that was weird. Like, why are you twisting it all around? But I guess they figured. Because they Hannah. also. Yeah, and they also have, it turns out, Van Helsing sent Harker to kill Bat. Batman. I keep wanting to say Batman. What is my thing <laughs> with Batman tonight? I keep talking about. Oh, you know why I keep saying Batman? Because <laughs> Arthur, who is Lucy's brother, is Alfred in, Mark oh, in, in Michael Keaton's Batman. Ah, so I think really? that's why I keep getting Batman. He's young. And I was like, how do, I, how do I know that guy? It was driving me crazy. I'm like, oh, my God. Is that Alfred? Look and I looked it again. up and it said that it was him. So that's why I keep nice. saying Batman. So the Harker is sent by Van Helsing to kill Dracula. And I think it's because I'm pretty sure later in the book, they do go back to try to. But this is like the very beginning. Right. They know that it's him and they're after him. So yeah, I thought that was kind of an they're interesting. They're cutting all that out. Yeah, they're just cutting it all out and jumping right into it. What the fuck ever. I don't know. For whatever reason, they decide to go with that plot line. One of my favorite scenes is Cushing's mad dash to the basement. They make some kind of comment like, oh, she didn't want me to tell you that she's in the basement. And then he realized, oh, fuck, she's probably a... A, a vampire. Right. And, and he just mad dash to good. the basement was amazing. <laughs> and then, then he's talking to the maid. He smacks her. But it's funny because the smack isn't like this big dramatic thing. Mm -mm. It just, it barely looks like it phases her. It's just this... It's, <laughs> it's a hammer film, you know? Yeah. The dudes aren't, they can't do it. Yeah, it's, and, and after you made that comment to me earlier, I did watch them. Like, yeah, there aren't really very many fight scenes in these ones that and I've been watching. And when they are, they're, not, they're just yeah, the they're lamest not. ones ever. The other really funny thing that stuck out to me is when, when at the end, uh, when Dracula's being burnt by the sun and dies by the sun and he starts turning to ash. Yes. He has the little baby googly eyes. Yes. And those cute little really white fangs. <laughs> so he's got these googly eyes and this big ashen head. I'm get you. I'm and get oh my you. God, I was, I might take a picture of that and make that my profile because nice. the, the googly eyed de dying Dracula is the best. But have you seen the BBC Netflix Dracula series? No. Okay, so we watched it. It was, uh, we enjoyed it, but there were some things I wasn't quite on board with. But mm -hmm. the last scene has a long table and there's a window at the end of it. And that's, you know, where they do like their the final. End, yeah. yeah. And that it looks a lot like the end of this movie to right. me. I did compare photos. Mm -hmm. So it's not, they didn't decorate it exactly the same. So I don't know if I'm reading into it, if it's just a coincidence yeah. or if that was. It's like an homage their or something. Yeah, if it's an homage, yeah. which, you know, sometimes that happens. Right. So it just struck me at that scene. I was like, oh, shit. And it's funny because I don't remember a lot about the series, but that, that end scene, I remembered very specifically the table with the window at the end. And maybe it's because. It is kind of iconic. Yeah. And so then I thought, oh, shit, was that it, like a nod to this mm -hmm. one where that was the end of this Dracula? So I don't know if that was a thing or not, but that is something that struck me when I was watching it. So overall, I guess I'd give it a five, too. And you can watch that for two ninety nine on Amazon. So that is our 15 movie list. Of course, there are a lot more movies. These are just the 15 that we chose to go, that, that Igor chose right. to go over. And I just went along with it. Because sometimes it's nice to give the person you keep in the dungeon control. Yes. Do you have any other notes you want to make about these Hammer movies? Or? Not that I could think of. Huh? Okay. I have one note, and then we'll go on to our Razzies. I've started to collect comics. I mentioned in the last episode that I go to GameSwap a lot, that Matt Brassfield has started procuring some horror comics, and 
I happened upon a Hammer comic. I didn't realize that they were making comics, but I should know better. There's like a comic about everything now. It is the Hammer comics. It's the mummy palimpsest. <laughs> it's like a weird looking. Guess um, it better than mine. The art is modernized and it's interesting. It kind of, to me, it kind of jumps around a little bit. Of course, it's just the first edition. I went today and he was able to hook me up with issues four and five of the mummy of the same series. So that's kind of exciting, though, to see that Hammer's doing doing some stuff. Yeah, and, I had no idea. And then there's also, oh, it's December 2016. You asked me what year it was. It says on the cover. Uh. You just totally missed it. December 20, 2016. In 2017, they came out with some Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, which is is a movie we didn't mention, but mm-hmm. is definitely known well. I had trouble finding Hammer. that one. Yeah, that's one that uh, I need to rewatch. I haven't seen that in a long time. I wanted to, just to, to mention that that's out there. When I was talking to him and mentioning these specific comics, and he asked if I had knew of, um, I think it's, is it House of Hammer? Mm-hmm. They have a magazine. And that they actually have art that's similar. It uses the actors in the movies, and it's similar to. So they'll like actually take like they have Plague of Zombies, so they take it and they make like a comic version of it. And then in between, they'll tell you things about the the movie and the the production company and stuff like that. So I'm gonna have to look into that and see Hmm. because that seems a seems like interesting. And the art like is definitely something that I'm more into maybe than this more modern take that they have on things. I do like that they're doing modern takes on things. But I think that seems particularly interesting. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. There is something for you to learn here in the lab. Now we will talk about the Razzies. Why are we talking about the Razzies? It's all Igor's fault. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, <laughs> Igor has been a little bored with the pandemic because, I mean, I hardly ever let her out of the dungeon before, but I really had to crack down. You know, no visitors from her werewolf and mummy friends, and I don't know who Igor would hang out with. She thought, why don't I pay the membership for us to vote in the Razzies? And I, I had heard of the Razzies, but I didn't really know anything beyond that it's people could vote on movies to see which ones are the worst, and then people get these awards. I didn't know how you got involved with it, if it was a secret society or what happened. Basically, <laughs> surprise, you just pay money, and they send you a ballot, and then you get to vote. Yep. So it's nothing quite magical about it. And the way that it works is... They sent us an email with a list of movies. I normally complain because people don't read things thoroughly, but I also understand everybody's busy, me included. I look, I glanced at it and I just saw a list and I thought, okay, this is the complete list of movies because there's a lot of fucking movies. I'm yes. going to read the movies off to you. So, so let's do that. So these are the movies that they said that you, that would be on the ballot. 365 Days, Absolute Proof, which is the Stop the Steal documentary by the MyPillow guy, Artemis Fowl, Barbie and Kendra Save the Tiger King, Bloodshot, Blumhouse's Fantasy Island, Brahms The Boy 2, Capone, Corona Zombies, Desperados, Disturbing the Peace, Doolittle, Fatal Affair, Fatale, Force of Nature, The Grudge, Hard Kill, Hubie Halloween, Impractical Jokers The Movie, Iron Mask, Jiu-Jitsu, John Henry, The Kissing Booth Part 2, Last Days of American Crime, The Last Thing He Wanted, Like a Boss, Love, Weddings, and Other Disasters, The Vain Event by WWE Productions, Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson, The New Mutants, Rhythm Section, Rich in Love, Sergio, Songbird, Spencer Confidential, Survive the Night, The Tax Collector, The Turning, Veronica, The War with Grandpa, and The Wrong Missy. Now I'm going to go through 
And don't worry, I'm not going to talk about every single one of these movies. I'm just going to briefly go over the ones that I watched. The way that I think of bad movies, it's, this is part of the problem. So we're not going to get too into it at the moment, but let's just say I was expecting a certain type of movie. And mm -hmm. the movies that I was looking at was not what I expected. So, right. for example, 365 Days. I started watching it, and it was a higher budget, just absolutely over-the-top, ridiculous. And it was like this rich man creeping on women. And, like, a, it was honestly, it's a fucked-up Beauty and the Beast. That's what because, I Because, yeah, he just basically kidnaps this woman because he likes her. And he's like, you have 360 days to fall in love with me. And I'm keeping you prisoner. And then it was supposed to be like there was like sexual tension. I was like, no, he just kidnapped you. Like, this is fucked yeah. up. I can't feel sexy about this. Like, it was just too fucked up. And it was just over the top. And so I was just like, God, this is just this is just too much. Like, it's bad, but not like the way that I would expect a bad Tolerable movie to be. bad. Yeah, it was just it was a different level. And I'm just it was just it's just full of itself. It's not my thing. So I, I turned it off. We know that I've mentioned Full Moon in the past several times. So I'm pretty good about knowing what a movie is and i can usually tell from a title whether it's going to be a complete shit or where it might be decent so i knew that barbie and kendra save the tiger king was a full moon production and i could tell that one is going to be shit so it should be on the bad movie list right igor and i actually watched that together mm -hmm. it was bad the only thing that saved it now so it's it's <laughs> what, what was interesting is i'm used to their movies being like the whole thing's an original production this they actually took kind of like kung pao Mm -hmm. Where they took another movie, an older movie, and then just took Spliced clips of it, it and yeah. spliced it into their own concoction. The only redeeming thing, and shit, I meant to look up this actor's name. It's um, Leslie. Well, you look it up real fast. Barbie and Kendra are watching this documentary, this supposed documentary about how the Tiger King grew up. The young Tiger King is voiced by this actor, and I know him from, him from like... Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan. I know him most recently from American Horror Story. He's yes. In, he's in some of those. In Roanoke, he's mm -hmm. the guy who's like the psychic or whatever. Ask and the, the driver. Fucking love him. Pay for gay? Yes. Are you gay for yeah, pay? That's exactly. what it was. So he makes the movie. He's the only thing that got us through that movie, is the things that he said were fucking hilarious. hilarious. No one, Nothing else was funny. Nothing else was good. It was all pretty much painful. But as soon as they started to show him again i'm like okay we can so i actually enjoyed it more than i expected yeah so that one i, I actually was kind of it was still bad i mean don't his get me delivery wrong, was but his good. delivery was just lots of fun i watched i kind of wanted to watch i liked the first brahms movie but i i didn't wind up watching the second one so corona zombies is another one that i knew we, was i watched cool. that with you right no we didn't watch it we didn't watch that together okay that one was just absolutely, I was, I was dreading watching it because I knew it was going to be terrible. And it was another one where they took another movie mm -hmm. or two, but there was nothing funny about it. There was nothing original. It was just not good. It was just painful. Desperados, so I watched that one later on, but Desperados is just one where it's like your girl, like your girl trip movie. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it's not a good movie, but it's not what I consider a terrible movie. Like I was able to make it through it and... There were some okay moments that were kind of funny, I guess. And it was just meh. And then Fatal Affair, it's just your run-of-the-mill stalking movie. It was just, the worst thing about it was it was cliched. But the acting was fine. I liked the actors. I think it kind of sucked you in like a Hallmark movie. It just, there was nothing bad. I mean, the production was good. The acting was pretty good. It was just cliched. So that was, I didn't understand why that was on the list. Just like Force of Nature, uh, Mel Gibson was in it. It's another one where it's just it's just your run-of-the-mill cliched movie. 
like and, a traditional action role kind yeah, of like Yeah, and the, I mean, there's some little, like, non-traditional things. Like, a guy's keeping, I think, a lion in his closet and, you know, and they're you looking don't do for that? a... Well, I, I had to stop. Mm. Um, city ordinances and, mm-hmm. and such. Um, yeah, in Riverside, like, I'm sure they'd notice. It was just... I, I made it through, and I was like, this is just kind of meh, you know? I mean, Hard Kill was another one where it's like your testosterone-fueled... I need to get a team together, and we need to go, you know... <laughs> find somebody or you know who's ransomed the more sausage the better yeah and and then you know i don't know it was just it was over the top and full of itself mm-hmm. and it was just too much so i was like it's not good but it's not terrible you know what i mean it's just traditional bad mm-hmm. you be halloween now i have to admit i had several people because i loved adam sandler when i was a teenager i liked the the ragu festival the i saw my grandma naked in the shower i liked the traditional adam sandler so i thought that i would like this one because i heard this is your traditional adam sandler that you grew up with I couldn't make it. I uh, I can't even remember how far I got into the movie. I didn't get very far, and it just annoyed me. I thought it was annoying. I didn't care for it. And I'm going to give Igor a chance to talk about what she watched. But so that one, I was actually like, okay, I don't, again, this is not Corona Zombies bad. This is just a bad Adam Sandler movie. It's just your standard bad. I started to watch The Last Days of American Crime, but it was just... It's, again, where there's just cliched things. The premise was interesting. It was like, what if they put, basically, like, um, if they put a chip or something inside you to keep you from being violent. Mm. So they're they're gotcha. starting that. So that's an interesting premise. But it just started to get, like, where, you know, like, he meets the girl in the bar and she's like, what are you doing in a place like this? You know, that kind of dialogue. Goes down the standard kind of. Yeah, again, yeah. it's, like, cliched mm-hmm. or just lame. And so I was like, I don't know if I can sit through this even if it has an interesting premise. So I turned that one off. But, again... Not terrible, just me. The last thing he wanted was a new one of those news documentary type movies where, you know, she's going to go out in the field and and it just felt like it was going to be too much. It was just going to be too political and it was too full of itself and there's just eh. so and the other thing is if you're just not interested in that kind of movie, it's going to be difficult to suck you in no matter right. what. So to me that just wasn't interesting to me. Oh, Rich in Love. Rich in Love, I oddly thought was kind of endearing. It was terrible in a funny way. And I mean, like, it starts with the dude (laughs) is like a tomato millionaire. Okay. So he's made all of his money off Big Tomato. Mm. And so at the beginning of the movie that he catches his, you know, he's got the son that just won't take things seriously, you Mm -hmm. know, and he won't grow up. And he walks in and and sees him in a tomato fountain having sex with a girl in a tomato fountain. So right the first five minutes, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? A tomato billionaire. Like, what the hell? And it, hmm. and then it's like switching places, like the popper switches places with the rich guy. And so the rich so, guy can yeah, learn about and is all for a girl. Line. Yeah, so it's cliched. It is kind of a little more original with the tomato stuff. Yeah. You know, there's some stuff in it when you're like, what the? So I actually thought it was kind of funny. I would not say it was good. Big tomato. But it was. That's what I take out of yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. At least it wasn't tomato. Sergio was another political thing. And I'm not up on my politics. I know that I should be. I felt like maybe I should know who this guy is because maybe that would help me determine whether it's bad or not. Because if it's a real guy and the reason it's bad is because they did a bad job depicting what he did or some made up guy, then I guess. And I just decided I didn't care enough to delve <laughs> into it because it was just, I don't know. Again, I'm not. Sometimes I don't mind political stuff and it can be interesting, but I don't know. Overall, I was like. But this isn't worth their my time. responsibility to reel you in, and they right. did not. So Spencer Confidential is just a typical Mark Wahlberg movie. I don't, I don't really understand why I made. It, okay, it was not on caliber with um, the one he did with Will, F- Will Ferrell. Um, oh, other, the, other the other guys. Other guys. 
So it's, but I mean, it's just a typical Mark Wahlberg movie. I, I don't know. I didn't think it was bad. I mm -hmm. thought it was interesting. I thought it was fun. Of course, I fucking love Mark Wahlberg. So that could be another thing why, I mean, it what like I said, it wasn't maybe on par with some of the other Mark Wahlberg. I was surprised to see that on there. I didn't see it, but I've heard nothing but good things about yeah, it's I a didn't... series on Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize so that. So it was like, okay. Yeah, but... so I don't know. Yeah, I didn't agree with that either. I was kind of like, what the fuck? And then basically that is all that I watched off this list because I was getting to the point where I'm like, I, I just feel like I'm wasting my time. And if I'm going to watch bad movies, I want them to be bad movies that I actually like want to watch and I don't mind spending time on you can at least laugh at or something right and but nothing on this list I was just like uh, I don't understand why some of these are on this list so now I'll let Igor go down the list and talk about what uh, she watched and what she thought well like you said we watched Barbie and Kendra say the Tiger King it was n hardly watchable except for uh, Leslie Johnson I watched I'm looking through Desperados I agree that's the one where the three girlfriends went to Mexico to see the guy that she claimed it was her boyfriend that kind of yeah, had the was, while you were sleeping like, kind of vibe. Yeah, and it was kind of like the uh, the episode of Seinfeld where he left a message on the machine. And then it turns out that she was out of town and didn't hear it. And so he wanted to go get the tape off the machine. Yes. So she had sent him this email. George. And then it turns out. Yeah, George. Yeah. Sorry, I kept saying he. Um, and it turns out she sends him this nasty email. And then it turns out he was in an accident. And she didn't want him to find the email. The worst thing about it, it's just your standard like bridesmaids type thing of course bridesmaids is it's elevated like that one is better because the, the thing is is the lead character is so unlikable that it was hard to root for her i felt that it was hard to root for her, especially towards the end. yeah like she was so selfish that it was hard for me to but feel like they were trying too hard to make it like a buddy she thing, reminded was, me you know it was okay the lead character for me reminded me of sandra bullock Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And I like Sandra Bullock. So, but yeah, I mean, her character yeah. isn't supposed to be, it's supposed to grow. And so people are going to get pissed at her and stuff. But so I good. didn't think it was that bad at all. I mean, it wasn't great. But I mean, it was kind of endearing. I mean, it, it was, it wasn't bad. And you got to see uh, Heather, what's her name from Boogie oh, Nights? Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Oh, yeah. And the one woman was from uh, True Blood. She was a minister's wife on True Blood, so it was kind of funny. Heather her Graham was different. making out with the pitch perfect mm. blonde chick. Oh, is that what she? Okay, I haven't seen. Yeah. That, so. so anyway, um, I didn't think that was that bad. And let's see, Fatal Affair was that the one with? Um, I can't think of her name. I can't either. She gets the new job, mm -hmm. and that guy that they that she went to college with, she finds out he was obsessed with her. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great, but it it was just so blah. That it, but I mean, I made it through and I knew what was going to happen, but it, it wasn't, I didn't think it was like Razzie kind of thing. You be Halloween. Now, I, like I was uh, telling Queen V before, I always enjoy Adam Sandler. If I, I always get many chuckles and so I'm always entertained. So it's like, I can't not like it. Was it great? Was it, was it, um, little voice irritating yeah sure but it's adam fucking sandler and so i didn't think it was that bad yubi halloween jujitsu now i do have to say that may be my favorite one it does have nick cage in it and he's not in it for long but he's nick cage and he's in it and if it wasn't for his character it, it wouldn't have been watchable really but he it's kind of like a terminator kind of thing in a way he was the best part of it definitely the Wrong Missy, another Adam Sandler Netflix movie. It had David Spade in it. And I don't know, is it Laura Lapis? Mm -hmm. That was, yeah. She was so good at being 
so fucking irritating that she, of course, got nominated. I couldn't stand her. And when they were starting to have them fall for each other, I was like, what <laughs> the hell? I liked actually UB Halloween more than that one because I just wasn't buying it. Yeah, like overall, I was thinking more along the lines of like you were saying, the Kendra and Barbie movies mm. as being the bad movies. And when some of these others popped up. Yes, and one I think especially is when you have Corona Zombies and Barbie and Kendra on there. Yeah. And you're like, where's the fucking bar? Yeah. Like, because that blows them out of the water as far as bad movies. Completely. Like, nothing, else comp nothing else compares, like, at all, as bad as they are. So that leads us to the, n the next problem that we faced was, so we watched, like I said, we went through that checklist and we kind of watched whatever we felt. Then we're like, fuck it, let's just go ahead and vote. So we go to the actual ballot and there's shit on there that wasn't on the list. Completely. So I was like, well, God damn it. If I, I didn't realize I had to look at the ballot to see what was completely on the list. Because right. there were other movies that I might have watched or I would have had on my radar to, you know. Right. So it was kind of disappointing because some of the movies like um, like Wonder Woman 1984, Doolittle, music. Hillbilly Elegy, yeah. Yeah, Music, Borat, Call of the Wild, Survive the Night, Breach, Very Excellent Mr. Dundee, Tax Collector, Iron Mask, Absolute Proof. So those are some of the other ones that, oh, and then things like um, the, the Witches, The Secret yeah. Dare to Dream. So we had no idea. We so had we're no looking idea. at the ballot going, like, wait a minute. What the fuck? I yeah. didn't realize that these were going to be options. So, th and maybe, and granted, as I'm looking at them, they're probably ones that I wouldn't have considered. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, based on what we've talked about. But I was like, well, shit. So now I feel like I'm even less prepared yeah. because I don't fucking know. I didn't. And so it was a little, I wish they would have sent a complete list, especially if you've never done it before. You don't know. Oh, I have to wait and see what's on the ballot. To actually know what I'm, what to right. vote for, what I, what, what, you know, for the newbies. Wanna... Yeah. So that was kind of frustrating, but Igor suggested after the first round, she thought it might be fun to talk about our Razzie experience. At that point, I knew we were going to do this. So when I took my final vote, I actually wrote down what became in the final ballot. And hopefully, I mean, maybe they'll kick me off of the, uh, <laughs> ban me from the Razzies for revealing. In the final vote, you could choose from these five for the worst remake, ripoff, or sequel. Wonder Woman 1984, which is a sequel. Doolittle is a remake. 365 Days is a remake of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Blumhouse Fantasy Island is a remake. And then UB Halloween is apparently a ripoff of Ernest Scared Stupid. But oh I didn't God. see enough of it. So yeah. I'm wondering if that's reaching, if they just needed a reason to put it on there. Maybe. I don't know. They have to have Adam Sandler on there. Because were there trolls or anything? Mm-mm. So I don't, I don't know. I have seen Wonder Woman 1984. And that's, and then UB Halloween. So those were the ones that I had seen. Wonder Woman 1984 I thought was okay. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was all right. I don't think it deserved to be in the Razzies. I hadn't seen it, but they, the big thing was about her, um, Kristen Wiig. How did you think, what oh, did you think about her performance? I mean, I thought she was okay. Some of the effects at the end with her were like, man, some of their fighting was confusing. Mm -hmm. Like, so some of that was kind of like, man, so I guess I can see that. But even that being said, I, d I think there are worse movies yeah. and worse performances. And then you can write in something. And the other thing that was surprising is then they start talking about all three Barbie and Kendra movies. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck was the third Barbie and Kendra movie? Because they only mentioned two. Mm -hmm. So I think it was another, it was like Barbie and Kendra do something. I can't remember what the, <laughs> they, I don't know. They do something. They play with that fucking toilet paper. So I think I just wrote in the worst, well, actually, since it was a worst sequel, none of those were sequels of anything. So I can't remember which one that I chose. I think I just chose, I probably chose UB Halloween. I don't remember. What did you choose for that one? Uh, 
I put Doolittle because I um I didn't I liked UB Halloween enough. Right, but right. Doolittle I just knew that was gonna be shit when yeah. I saw and I never I haven't yeah. watched that one. Um Worst screenplay was three hundred and sixty five days, all three Barbie and Kendra movies, Doolittle, Fantasy Island and Hillbilly Elegy. I hadn't seen any of those except I saw 365 days and then two of the three Barbie and Kendra. But again, anytime you have Barbie and Kendra in there, they're, they should take the cake yes. because they are just truly. This is the whole point of it, I right, thought. Right, they're truly bad movies. So have you seen Hillbilly Elegy? No. I've, I've obviously heard a lot about it, yeah. how bad it was. That's why I wasn't interested. Gotcha. And I don't think Ron Howard's made a good movie in a while. But yeah. Um, so what did you put for that one for worst screenplay? All three Barbie and Kendra? Yep. Yeah, me too. The worst director, Ron Howard for Hillbilly Elegy, Charles Band for all three Barbie and Kendra movies, 365 Days. The directors had four names that I didn't want to try to pronounce. Sia with the movie Music, which I had never heard of that movie. It, I'd heard of it. It came out like re, right before the Razzies, and mm. it, they just ran with it. So oh, it's probably going to okay. take a lot. And then Stephen like, Gagum for Doolittle. So the worst director, obviously I chose Charles Band for... Me too. Which it's weird to me that there are Charles Band movies that I really like. And so it's weird to see him as worst director knowing that he's like also been involved in like fucking Tourist Trap, which is actually a really good movie. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a bizarre thing. The worst screen combination, there's Lauren Lapkus and David Spade in The Wrong Missy. Rudy Giuliani and His Zipper in Borat. CGI Dog and Harrison Ford in Call of the Wild. Adam Sandler and his irritating voice <laughs> in Hubie Halloween. Robert Downey Jr. and his terrible accent in Doolittle. I put in, I wrote in, I put Barbie in the toilet paper. Nice. Because the fucking, like, time travel oh or interdimensional toilet paper. Enough with the COVID joke. Yeah, I, like, I don't even know. It's just weird and random. So I put that in as the best combination. What did you do? I put uh, Rudy in a zipper because mm. I saw Borat. <laughs> and the only reason that's in there that. is because I thought that was staged. Mm. And I actually was looking it up after the movie. And I found article after article about how it was not. It and I, it was, I... Mm, it was rapey. It had a rapey, a creepy bit. vibe. Yeah, I actually did see Borat. I thought it was pretty good. There were yeah. a couple cringy moments, but, you know, that's what you get Yeah, with Borat. With Borat yeah. Know. Overall, I did like it. And I did, I did the thing, because I didn't realize that either until afterwards, or like during, Todd was like, oh my God, this is what they were talking about. Yeah. And then we paused it, and he explained, and I was like, oh shit, this is kind of weird. Uh, so I, I can see that. The worst supporting actor, Bruce Willis for Breach, Hard to Kill, and Survive the Night. <laughs> Chevy Chase and very excellent Mr. Dundee. Again, I had yeah. never heard. Nope. Shia LaBeouf in Tax Collector. Never heard of it. Rudy Giuliani in Borat and Arnold Schwarzenegger in Iron Mask. Which out of those, I've seen Borat and Part of Hard to Kill. And that's pretty much it. I said Rudy again. He was grossing me out. <laughs> I think I put the Corona Zombie from... Uh, you wrote it in? Yeah, I wrote in Corona Zombie. Specifically, I mean, because the main the main one that showed up at the end of um, Barbie and Kendra Save the Tiger, Tiger King, mm -hmm. they show that one zombie and he's just ridiculous. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything else that was... Because uh, basically Barbie and, Barbie and Kendra were the main... Yeah. Worst actor... Robert Downey Jr. for Doolittle, Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, for Absolute Proof, David Spade for Wrong Missy, Adam Sandler for Hubie Halloween, and Michelle Marone for 365 Days. I can't remember what I put for this one. What did you do for this I one? I put Robert Downey Jr. because, like I said, I knew it was going to be yeah. shit, and I didn't think that. I don't think that David Spade and Adam Sandler are bad. They're just themselves in those movies. So yeah. and I like them. So worst supporting actress: Maddie Ziegler for Music, Maggie. From Blumhouse's Fantasy Island, Lucy Hale from Blum Blumhouse's Fantasy Island, Glenn Close from Hill Billy Elegy, and Kristen Wiig from Wonder Woman 1984. 
I like how two actresses from Fantasy Island mm-hmm. wound up on that list. I put for the worst supporting actress, I put Kendra because I felt like since Barbie, Barbie was the main one in one of them. <laughs> so Same thing. yeah, so I put Barbie as the worst support, or Kendra yes. as the worst supporting. I did this. I wrote it actress. in the same way. Nice. So then the worst actress, Lauren Lapkus, Wrong Missy, Anne Hathaway, Last Thing You Wanted, and The Witches, Kate Hudson from Music, Katie Holmes from Brahms' The Sequel, and then The Secret Dare to Dream, wherever the fuck that is, mm. and then Anna Maria Sikulka from 365 Days. So as we both just said, we basically did Barbie, yep. and, Ken- Barbie and Kendra for the yep. worst actress, actress and worst supporting actress. The worst pick, which is the last category... Blumhouse's Fantasy Island, 365 Days, Do Little Music, and Absolute Proof. I wrote in all three Barbara and Kendra movies. Ditto. Yeah. Here is the thing. Right off the bat, when you say these are bad movie awards, there is that is such a loaded thing. That is such a subjective thing. Yes. That is just... So I think... And again, I was just kind of brought into it with Igor, and I didn't really have a lot of energy to do research and things like that. And I just thought, oh, we'll just vote on bad movies. And I figured the bad movies would be movies that were bad but maybe fun to watch along the line of birdemic and stuff yeah, like, like that. that kind of thing and i understood there probably were some truly bad ones or and maybe that's what i expected is just truly low budget bad so right off the bat you don't have it defined you really need to set your standards and you know define okay we are looking for this kind of bad movie these are our standards and maybe it's someplace that i didn't look and it's my own fault no i don't think it is um for not looking up what their standards were and i guess when i got thinking about it because when i first saw list kathy and i were like these aren't really bad movies like i was like this is a big budget movie right which automatically doesn't make it a good movie but it puts a foot up over fucking corona zombies and so what is your standard? It seems like, because then I start, I did start looking at the site because I was trying to find a list of all the movies, but apparently they're kind of secretive because there were, that list did not exist. And when you tried to go back and look at your ballot, you couldn't see Mm-mm. it. So that's why during the second thing, I actually took screenshots. Blocked. I saw pictures of, I think it was like Ben Affleck with his Razzie. And then it struck me, they apparently, part of the fun is poking fun at big Hollywood. Yep. And so your same big Hollywood people that our great actors can also get Razzies. And so the fun is actually picking fun at, and then the actors, you know, having the dishonor and, and, you know, either going along with it or not. Or then it's funny to see like Ben Affleck or somebody with. So then I thought, okay, if those are your parameters, then I guess I could keep that in mind. But it just feels disingenuous to me. When you have the when Kendra yeah, and, yeah, yeah those and movies. So, so if your idea is, well, then just state like, that the budget needs to be this or it needs to... I don't know. It's just that's that's a difficult thing is is that one person's bad movie is another person's they think it's funny or they find it charming or, you know, and by all means, there are certainly movies that the most people will find bad. Right. You know, but it's... um, But like I said, some of these, it was just there. And I'm like... And then the other thing, the other caveat that I got to thinking is they're also only dealing with movies that came out that year. Yeah. So it may just be that in 2020 that these were the bad movies. Yeah. So if these are the bad movies, I think we were doing okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if those that was the pool well, of movies I mean, and I didn't find. And in a year that they kept pushing things back and. Exactly. Yeah. And so, a lot of things weren't released. So maybe we just had a, sh- I don't, and I don't think that's that shitty of a year. Well, that's I mean, what I'm saying is maybe we had a good I mean, year. Yeah. Maybe the year we chose, these were actually all the movies that came out were actually pretty decent because I was amazed. Part of me, I guess there was a part of me that expected to see more well-known things mm-hmm. like UB Halloween. I'm not surprised. Think people that are high radar. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not surprised to see that. I was surprised to see Full Moon because I wasn't sure if they were on people's radar because they are a smaller production company. And even now, when I say Puppet Master to People or Full Moon mm -hmm. or Subspecies, there's quite a few people that don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. And then you just have some people who are in the know. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure how common that was. So I was a little surprised to see it on there. But once you see that on there, I'm like, how can anything be worse than that? I'm with you. And when that's I why when, when it was on there, I was like, shit, I almost wish they didn't put that on there. Because that completely changes the bar. It And, and like you said, it's, it's like where is the bar because it, it's so different it's like can't compare apples to apples i know they're all saying these are shit apples but um still <laughs> okay, okay Leahy, calm down <laughs> let, let the liquor talk it was just confusing because like i said when you approach it and you like bad movies it's obviously the barbie and kendra have got our ire up but when you like bad movies you can usually find something endearing like a little mustache in christopher lee <laughs> yeah I like Adam Sandler. Is my bar for that is did it make me laugh? All right. Well, and I guess that's that's the maybe that's also kind of the point is the way that I took it is is if it's so bad I can't find anything redeeming, then that is a bad movie. Mm -hmm. So is that what they're looking for? Is that what me they want me to vote for? Mm -hmm. So the ones that I was kind of considering is the ones that I couldn't even really make it through. Yeah. Is I was like, okay, those I could maybe consider that those I should if Barbie and Kendra were not on there that I would consider 365 days mm -hmm. and stuff like that because I couldn't get it through. But like I could get through Desperados, I could get right. through Fatal Affair. So I thought, okay, I don't think those should be on the list because I could get through them. That maybe that's the bar is just if it's so bad, you can't even find anything redeeming. I guess my impression is I thought kind of the Razzies might also be a kind of a, what is it, a nod or like a, when you actually care about something, you're poking fun at right. it. So it's like this was bad, but there's still part of it that was redeeming. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's I wasn't sure. Just like Birdemic. It's a bad movie, but there are things that are endearing about it's it. It's so funny because yeah, it's ridiculous. Because, and it's because it's so and, and on Rift Tracks, they've talked about this is there's a point when people are so earnest and they <laughs> earnestly are trying to make this movie. Yes. And to them, it just... And Birdemic reminds me of a child. It's a child writing a movie. Because mm -hmm. in all of his movies, he's like, I I work in the computer f industry. Sona panel. I work... Yeah. And everything's just so childlike. Yes. It's like, I'm a Victoria's Secret model. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah, you're pretty, but what the fuck? And then, yeah, I'm like, why are you going to a pumpkin festival if you're fucking... What? But there, that's why it's endearing is because he's so earnest. He's really trying. Mm -hmm. But that's what makes it so, like, it blows your mind. Just like um, The Room is, yes. like, does Tom, did Tommy was so hear people talk? Because they don't talk like that. You know, and he, and, so, and, but he wants it yes. so bad. And you can tell he's so, he it's so earnest. But that's what makes it so funny and endearing. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's bizarre. To me, it's enjoyable. And like Manos, I saw Manos oh my God. on its own first. And I was like, oh, my God. Like Torgo and his big old oh fat my God. thighs. Yes. And like this 27 wives. And when they all just start talking <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. I thought, I was like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Because you can tell they didn't mean to, for it to be hilarious. Right. And then when it was on Rift Tracks, I was like, oh, shit. This is, so there are some movies that I genuinely like because, mm -hmm. but then there are other movies that I just can't watch. Like a, a full moon movie they just announced on Rift Tracks. They came out with one. It's uh, Shrunken Heads. That's a full moon movie I tried to watch, and it's I watched it. It's just not good. Yeah. And I wanted to like it, and I can't remember. There's I can't remember if Tony Todd's in it. There's somebody in it. It might not be Tony Todd. Mm -hmm. It can't be Tony Todd. But somebody pretty well-known that was mm -hmm. in it that I was like, what the fuck? How'd they get him? And he's okay And when he's in the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to like it, but it's just not great. You know, and they also do um, – they started doing quite a few full moon on Rift Tracks. Really? Like Oblivion and Oblivion Backlash. Those are ones I can stand watching sometimes. <laughs> George Takei, Takei mm -hmm. is so bad. 
It's so bad. And he even makes Star Trek references that are just so bad. And it hurts. Yeah, because it's and, like, and it's, even aw, like uh, it's been so long. Yeah, and there's a part of me that wants to be like, aw, but it's, they got Isaac Hayes to be in it. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. So those I'm kind of like, uh, you know, where I can watch it, but mm-hmm. I don't really. The Hamlet version, the ha- Hamlet one that they do for Mystery Science Theater, mm-hmm. it's like an old black and white. I can't do it because the movie just, it's so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. So there are some movies that are just, I can't even do, right. even with Rift Tracks or MST3K. Mm-hmm. And that's when you know it's just stuff. horrific. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's my uh, spiel about the whole thing. Is there anything you'd like to add? Just that we probably won't do it again, but I don't know. Did I you, guess. Uh, would you like to tell them about the idea that we had about Oh, the labbies? Thing? Yeah. So we thought about having our own, since obviously we have issues with how they went app- they approached it, that we would have our own awards maybe next year, the labbies. And we would come up with our own categories maybe. and But it would be specifically about serial killer movies. Yeah. So we thought maybe we would just pick some serial killer movies and then talk about, you know, what are the best and worst. And, and we were kind of deciding whether it was going to be ser- um, like documentaries versus actual movies made about serial killers like the Zac Efron Netflix movie. So we were kind of honing things in yeah, on we'll that. Yeah, we'll have to come up again. I think it's important to have parameters so everybody knows what the expectations are. And and then, of course, the idea is since we'll actually be about, uh, I'm sure by next spring and summer, we'll be able to actually be around each other since things seem to be opening <laughs> up a little bit more. I'll be able to be out of the dungeon? You will. I nice. might allow it as long as you're good. And do your research like a good... uh elaborate. Yeah. We were even thinking we'll do like a live event where we let people vote and then maybe exactly. we make an announcement and, you know, we have our labbies or whatever. So we'll be fleshing that out. That's something to look forward to. So I thought that's that might be a fun thing that we can do. So if you have feedback on that or anything, yeah. just... Uh... You know, let us know. And you can uh, go to Facebook and make a comment or send a message. You can go to murderlabmedia.com and email me through there. Or there's Instagram, you know, do any of those things. IG. <laughs> that. Isn't that what the kids call it? I IG. Insta. Is it IG? Oh. I don't even know. We're old. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. I've, I've heard it called Insta before and it kind of irritated me, but I've done it every once in a while. Just to, Hit me up on IG. <laughs> Oh, all right. I think that's about it. The next episode I have been plugging is Baby Farmers. So we'll be talking about uh, like four or five different baby farmers. And again, I will remind it's not about a Couch Patch Babies or anything. Don't try to put a baby like in the that. ground, kids. No, it's uh, it's not like a seed. It won't it won't grow. I said it was more like Motel Hill. It was closer to Motel yes. Hill than, uh, than actual Cabbage Patches. But hopefully there's bodies under the heads because of Motel Hill. Didn't he? They had bodies. Did they? Yeah, they had bodies. Because they actually... Oh, I just remember Norm. Yeah, they actually I just remember... Um, yeah, Cliff Clavin. Cliff's head yeah. was there. I can't remember his real... But anyway. His real shit? His real shit. Um, speaking of real shit, make sure to pay attention to all of the media, you know, the stuff, and then I'll have my t- typical closer that I've been adding to the end of the episodes that Igor recorded for us. We have other stuff coming up, and just keep your eye out for stuff, and uh, we appreciate you listening We know that you don't really have a reason to care what we think about anything, so we appreciate you listening, and hopefully you have some thoughts and we sparked some interest in you about something. Watch Hammer uh, Films. They are good. And the other good thing is, there's so many, we can always do another one. Oh my god. So we can always sure that we'll do another round of Hammer Horror movies. and Maybe we can throw the Amicus in, because that's like a cousin of Hammer. Oh, okay. 
Sure. Pete was in those and stuff too. Oh, yeah. And then, like I said, I'm always happy to talk about like The Skull, which was, I actually thought it might be a Hammer movie with it was Peter Cushing, and it wasn't. It was another studio that, that they were familiar. going for. Um, was it like Amicus? a Hammer feel? I bet it was it Amicus. It might be. Yeah. I don't remember. I just remember it wasn't Hammer. And, uh, but that's like a really good one. So, anyway, we're always happy to talk horrors, and, and I made horrors. Horrors. Yeah. We like to talk about horrors. Speaking of uh, Countess Dracula. Hello. Hey-o. All right. Well, thank you again. And we love you. Thank you for entering the lab. If you enjoy the experience and experiments of Murder Lab, go to Facebook, Instagram, and MurderLabMedia.com for updates. Share with your friends, those you created in a lab or not. As long as they can subscribe and listen, we'll take it. Murder Lab is available on Google Play and iTunes. The RSS feed is on MurderLabMedia.com for you to plug into your podcast app. We can always use more lab rats. So anyway, we're always happy to talk horrors, and and I made horrors. Horrors, yeah, we like to talk about horrors. Speaking of uh, Countess Dracula, hello. Hey-o.